Hello and welcome to Next. I'm your host, Marcus Atkinson. Thank you for tuning in. If you're on social media, uh, follow us on Twitter at 814NEXT. Like our, our page on Facebook. Feel free to comment on both platforms. Lend your voice to the dialogue. If you're listening on radio, thank you for tuning in. And so this is our Mother's Day show. Obviously, Mother's Day was a few days ago, but we really wanted to drill down on this important role, not just in this country, but around the world. It was a movie that came out years ago called Soul Food. And as an African-American especially, it was an all-black cast. It really resonated with, resonated with a lot of people because the matriarch of the story, Big Mama, was kind of the glue that held the family together. And when she was no longer around, people struggled to get over their hurdles as a family, loving each other properly, forgiving each other properly. And so the spirit of Big Mama had to be kind of reinvigorated through the children and the grandchildren when she left. It resonated with so many people because we all understood the roles that our mothers and grandmothers and the matriarchs in our family have played over the years. Here's a photo of my um, matriarchal line. And so you have uh, Gertrude Arrington, my great-grandmother, uh, you've got uh, Carrie Arrington, who then went on to be Carrie Banks, uh, my grandmother, and Marcel Banks, who went on to be Marcel Atkinson, my mother. And I remember growing up, the role that these ladies played from top to bottom, obviously, with my great-grandmother, we called her Big Mama as well. And so I can remember just, they were all, my mother continues to be a force to be reckoned with in the household. Everything funneled through her. And it was the same with my grandmother, my great-grandmother. And so as I looked at other families and I listened to their stories, you heard a similar narrative. And when you're a kid, you think about your needs being met and, you know, this person being a certain role in your life. And it's only until you get older and you get your own family and you have your own wife, who's now the mother of her children, that you start to understand the role for what it is. So I really wanted to talk about it in detail because I get the sense that um, from everything that I've researched and from the ladies that I've spoken to, that in this day and age, this role can get complicated. I was out of town and I left my hotel room on a Friday morning and they left me a USA Today and lo and behold, the title was Mothers Feel Pressured on the Pedestal. I thought, there it is. That's what we're going after today. And I want to read something before I bring my guests in. They really unpacked this story. It came out on May 10th. And a couple things it pointed out about then versus now with motherhood. It says in 1975, more than half of mothers stayed home with their kids. Today, both parents work in 70% of families with children. Child care costs on average was $12,350 to $13,900 a year, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. In some cities, it's double that. Dads are taking on more parenting responsibilities. Shout out to dads. But <laughs> surveys show that it's still unequal in more than half of households, even when both parents work full time. Dads, we all need to do better. But I digress. Nearly half of grandparents live more than five hours from their grandkids. Some people don't have that. Mothers spend 14 hours a week outside of work on child care, up from 10 hours a week in 1965, according to the Pew Research Center. 
and mothers who compare themselves. And this narrative plays out several times in the Facebook posts that you may have read on our page. We'll draw attention to some of those today. Mothers who compare themselves with others on social media feel less competent and less positive about their co-parenting relationships. This is deep. And so to help me unpack this very complicated uh, subject and this subject that affects all of us so dearly, I have four guests that I have a great deal of respect for as women, as mothers, and as contributors to society. First to my right, uh, we have, oh man, I'm, I'm doing terrible with names. You're gonna kill me today. <laughs> Christine Rush. Rush. Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you. We've got Amanda Burlingham. Amanda, welcome to the show. Good morning. Angela, Angela Kennedy Collins. Angela, welcome to the show. And Tracy Daly. Tracy, welcome to the show. So, Christine, back to you. Don't kill me. It's the, the Rush McCullum thing. I'm like, okay, where do I go with this? And I froze. I'm sorry. Oh, no apology necessary. Christine, I want to start with you. Tell us a little bit about um, your family, what you do, and things along those lines. I am fortunate enough to be in a wonderful family who has given back to Erie several times over. And... Um, we grew up with values and we grew up with pride and we grew up with connectivity. We used to live in a neighborhood, um, it's called East Third Street mm -hmm. and right behind St. Patrick's Church. So religion was always a part of our lives and God was always a part of our lives. We grew up in a godly neighborhood where families mixed and mingled and crossed over and, and et cetera. Um, I am the first grandchild born of 11 grandchildren to Fred and Claudia Rush. I am the first mother in that family also as well. So I had Anna as, as a youngster and we brought her up. So there are five generations. At one point before my grandmother passed, there were five generations of women in our family. Mm -hmm. So I got to see parenting and motherhood and how to do this thing over and over again. You mentioned when you let in that um, social media is, is making parents feel bad about, or mothers feel bad about their mothering skills. We didn't have that. We had a neighborhood of mothers, and we had a generation after generation after generation of mothers. The ladies and I were talking in the um, foyer before we came in here about what we did as young women, and we played musical instruments, and we cooked, and we sat at the knee of grandparents. And I was fortunate enough to have not only grandmother, but I had a great-grandmother. So I saw women being successful and women worshiping God and women valuing family and marriages, et cetera. So it kind of came natural to me. Um, I strayed from that. I strayed greatly from that. I went out and did everything I was big enough to do. Uh, I said everything I was big enough to say. Things came out of my mouth that surprised many. <laughs> but at the same time, I, there was something that was poured into me that as I grew up and became a mother of my, you know, to my own children, I have four children. They're all adults now. You know, people look at me and say, oh, you're probably about 40 years old. I'm way older than 40. But um, there were things that were poured into me that I could fall back on. And I think that's what kids are missing. That's what young mothers are missing. There wasn't that pouring into them. So as a village, we all have to pour into young mothers today. You know, it's tough to see a 20 or 30 year old mother who's struggling because there was nothing poured into you. So we have to pour. Mm -hmm. We have to continue to pour. And I think that's where the disconnect is coming. We are so busy and it's hard to find the time. This young lady sitting next to me, she found time to, to parent a mother who was parenting and brought her up 
and brought her out of that. And I was so thrilled to hear her story this morning. So let me ask you this. So we've got the photo up here of you, you and your husband, Greg. Husband. I happen to have known your husband for many years. His family, the McCullums and the Atkinsons were tight. two of the larger families and were very tight <laughs> yes. on the Lower West Side. Yes. So um, interesting background. He seems like a very good fit for you. Talk about your relationship with your husband a little bit. Marriage is tough. Yes, it is. And if you don't see marriages in your family, it's even harder. I, I was fortunate enough to have grandmother and grandfather that stayed together. Um, Fred's been married for to his wife for 30 plus years. David is our newest into the family that got married. It was a fantastic time. Um, but marriage, marriage is tough. But we balance each other simply because where I'm the smoke and the fire, he's just the calm. He's, right. he's like, you know, every time you see him, he's laid back. He's very quiet. And then, you know, I, I'm the fire. So <laughs> sounds a lot like a it's a balancing act. <laughs> it's and a so we'll say act. we'll come back because I do want to unpack a little more of this rush legacy okay. that you carry. Amanda Burlingham, talk talk to us a little bit about your family and your career. Oh, well, uh, growing up, you know, I had a, a great role model. Uh, my mom uh, was a, a fantastic leader in, in her community. And so I really point to her. I just I was listening to Christine talk about the um, matriarchs in her family. And so it just sparked for me just this these memories of my mom. She was ahead of her time. I mean, she was, uh, you know, just growing up in the 70s. Uh, she was a business owner. She was a community leader. Uh, she was, uh, she did not not stay at home with me. And so she showed me that you could really uh, do and be just about anything that you set your heart to. Now, it came with a price. My parents did not stay married, unfortunately. And so I didn't have a great role model for marriage. And so Joel and I are carving some things out for ourselves. As you said, Marcus, we're not very much alike. <laughs> we are I am very much the smoke and fire, and he is the calm in the storm, 25-8, as my kids would say. Mm -hmm. um, so, But she has uh, really done a great job of showing me that uh, with some balance, mm -hmm. and I've had to understand and I've had to learn what that balance is for myself with family and work, but with some balance, uh, you can do the community involvement, the parenting, the marriage well as long as you keep that. And for me, I'm very uh, externally uh, focused a lot because that's in me to want to serve and to want to give back. So I have to always keep that in check. So let's pull up the, the photo of your family because you talk about balance. You added to your family here. and We sure did. And the was tough circumstances. And you, you yeah. and your husband stepped in and your children mm -hmm. and created a larger family. Speak on that for just a minute, please. Well, uh, so we had uh, gone through, we have two biological kids, Joel and I do, and then um, when Lucy was uh, about two, she's our youngest biological, we uh, got pregnant again and had a miscarriage, which is actually how we met this beautiful young lady across the table from me, Tracy Daly. And then we tried again, thought, well, maybe it was just a fluke and we had another miscarriage and it just, I was in my late thirties and it was not meant to be. And Joel and I had always talked about uh, adopting. We specifically wanted to adopt a teenage girl because of what I had been through when my parents 
divorced, it was a rough time. I really needed uh, some parental guidance during those that season of my life. I had really lost a lot when my parents separated, and and so we had said, let's just adopt one teenage girl. Was as God would have it. <laughs> We got two, and they're sisters, and they're biracial, and which just fit into this beautiful uh, season of life that God's just been sort of weaving in in us. But uh, we have these two beautiful girls that our whole family has just embraced, and our whole community has embraced, Mackenzie and Kaylee, and uh, they, they're doing really well. It's been hard. I mean, adoption is hard. Uh, family is hard and complicated sometimes, but this these girls have just been a great addition to our family. And so the in terms of impact, I mean, Erie City Moms is something that you started and I want to touch on it, then we'll segue and come back to it later, later on, just like we will about the Rush family legacy. You started Erie City Moms, and some of that, some of the spirit of what you've learned from your mother mm-hmm. was, was, plays into that, I think, and, and maybe some of what you've done as a mom. What made you start that very quickly, and then we'll move over to Angela here. Uh, I met a mom at Jefferson, which is the school that is uh, where Jack and Lucy go, uh, the elementary school, and uh, she was a single mom with six kids, uh, from the outside, looked very different from me. But when it comes down to it, we realized that we were very much struggling with the same things. Um, it, motherhood is, um, at the essence, really just learning on the fly. Mm-hmm. It is a job where you are, it is uh, day in and day out, just learning on the fly. Mm-hmm. And so um, Lois and I ground out a friendship that is beautiful and um, it is just an incredible and God has created just an incredible organization out of that beautiful Angela talk to us about your family your 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 background and things along those lines all right um I guess I could start with my grandparents that um Started the school, Community Country Day School and Community of Caring um, here in Erie. And I guess the bigger thing for my family that I would say that I've gotten from it um, is the mission-minded aspect of things. The biggest piece that uh, we were just talking about with the kids at school yesterday was that with God, all things are possible. I think that was one of the biggest lessons that my grandparents, my grandmother really tried to push for us and has really, um, as I've gone through the years and I've been the director of Community Country Day School for the last seven years and I never, never thought I'd be in that position. I never wanted that. I never even wanted, she would say to me when I got my degree in education, Angie, are you going to come back and teach at the school? And I just thought, no, no, I'm out of here. And it just, my husband wanted to come back, fell in love with the school and just really, uh, we've poured our lives here in the last 20 years into the school. And it has been an amazing process, especially as you connect the the pieces with being a mom. Um, I stayed home with my kids for 11 years, and when my youngest was almost three, my husband wanted to get his PhD, and you know the school was having a hard time, but he just could not let go because there's such an amazing um, part of the school that unless you actually walk in those build, the doors, uh, you don't really understand fully. And so I'm really, I can say at this point in my life, I'm thankful that God has allowed me to take on that realm. I've really had a much greater appreciation, understanding for my grandmother and what it took, the faith it took to actually have it start. It's 51 years right now that we've been there. 
And it's only been by, you know, God's grace and uh, different people believing in what we do. And I think that was always my fear. I didn't want to have to be that person that would, I just wanted life to be easy. I just wanted to work a job. Yeah, it's a lot. And it's the legacy, but it's also the kids' lives and really believing in what you're doing. You know, I've heard people say if, if your school went away or whatever it is you're a part of, would anybody miss you? And since I've been there, um, we really deal with a lot of kids. We have her, her big motto was love can change the world. Mm. And it seems a little, you know, I used to be like, okay. And they, they sing a song. <laughs> Alrighty. You know, it's just, and she was anybody that knows her, you know, and she's still alive, you know, that singing is such a huge part of oh, her life. But as I've grown up, those songs come back to you. And a lot of it is based in scripture and you don't even know, like you're going through a hard time. A song will just come out of nowhere. I think you said right. something about, uh, the roots, you know, they're deep. And so that's one of the things that I've realized as a mom for myself that I have to the biggest thing I want for my kids is not for them to necessarily have to take over the school or the shelter or any of those. It, I mean, certainly that'd be great, you know, if that's what God has. But the biggest piece is to make sure they, they have a relationship with God for themselves so that they can hear where he wants them to go. Amen. So I'm, I'm looking at your photo. And okay. I was looking at your photo. <laughs> There's a lot of testosterone in that photo. Yeah. <laughs> you've got that, you've yeah. got that in common with Tracy. You got a lot of protection there. You know, I've got a five-year-old son, mm-hmm. and if my wife and I disagree, he gets bent out of shape with me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I can only imagine. You got a lot of protection there. Yeah. But in any event, what is it? What is that like? And then your impact photo is obviously you and Mother Kennedy, and I'll circle back to that as well because certainly that's a legacy. Mm-hmm. Very, very celebrated woman in this community. I mean, from all facets of community. She falls in a very rare category. You have people, Joyce Savacchio or, you know, Lutulio or Ben Wiley. Certain individuals come along and they just are embraced and celebrated by the entire community because of their contributions. She was one of those people. You know, but the family aspect, all of these boys, yeah, what yeah. is that like? And then we'll segue to Tracy because she's living that too. Okay. So uh, you want me to talk about the family? Talk aspect. about okay. the family. We'll swing back to Mother Kennedy. Uh, all right. I guess that, that probably has been um, the struggle. My, <laughs> I don't want to put any of my kids out there, but my oldest, I will say, is just like me. My husband always says, if you want to know like what you're like, look at him because, whoo, I mean, the two of us definitely can have our go rounds. And it is hard. I mean, just the other day I was praying about it, like, ugh, I hate having to discipline him, especially if my husband's out of town, because then I'm it. But then I felt like if I don't, you know, discipline and I just say, well, please don't do that again next time and follow up with the consequence, then, you know, I'm not really helping him become all that he's supposed to be. And it will come back to visit him. And especially as a young black male, I know that it's a big responsibility to make sure that he's prepared. So, I mean, they're, they're not major issues, but in order to make sure that they don't become Mm -hmm. them, you know, I have to be the bad guy. And that day Mm -hmm. was hard two days ago, you know, it was kind of like, okay, I'm just going to have to be okay with not being liked right now. Mm -hmm. And it is what it is. And I'm just going to be confident and move forward. You know, so one of the things I struggle with as just a mom is if I have to discipline, especially my oldest (laughs) because of our personalities, I have to remember that the other three, you know, that's not a connection for them. You know, I need to make sure that I'm um, dropping it there 
you know, dealing with whatever it was. I don't need to carry that. So I have a bad mood the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. It's not their fault, you know? So, and it's not anybody's fault. And I have to remind myself, this is just being a mom, you know? So everything else that I do has to take a back seat and I have to be present for that child at that time. And the rest of the kids, I just need to be able to say, Hey, how was your day? You know, and really almost fake it till you make it. Cause sometimes it's hard to let that stuff go, especially when you have a lot of stress on you at work and, other uh, places that's that's hard so i would say that's my little story with the boys and they're wonderful <laughs> tracy daly tracy talk to us a little your so your impact on community is through your nonprofit emma's footprints yeah. so it's impossible I, I have to kind of blend the two mm-hmm. because that was born from the situation with your daughter you have all boys but right. you did have a girl talk about that whole situation and how it led to emma's footprints um so i grew up in edinburgh pennsylvania and uh, my, I'm the middle girl of, I have two brothers, but um, I was a tomboy, so it was like my, my mom had three boys. Um, my parents are still together. I had really strong um, women role models in my life. And just, I've never really thought about that before because I had a very uneventful childhood. There was no trauma, nothing to kind of, it was just, I just got to be a kid, which is a blessing. Um, but my my uh, my struggle started with we uh, we had our little guy Jackson and then we got pregnant with our second and she was our little girl and lost Emma at uh, eight months pregnant, um, and that was the first year of our marriage. So that is very difficult. Um, we bought a house. We uh, my husband started his own business, um, and we lost a child all in a year. So after that happened, um, I, my mind goes dark for a lot of years. And it's interesting um, when you were talking about the movie Soul Food of mm. like Big Mama That's and right. that the mom is the glue. Um, and I, you know, when moms, a lot of moms that I meet are grieving um, a loss, a miscarriage, um, and how the family can fall apart mm. because we don't know how to walk through that. I didn't know how to walk through that. Um, Nobody walked beside me in that. Uh, we, we were blessed with two boys after Emma, and I was, I was happy, um, and I stayed at home, um, and then God just started doing some things, putting some pieces back in my heart together, and um, Emma's footprints was kind of born. I tried, I said no, I was like, God, I'm busy. I had, mm. um, Jackson was five, Caleb was three, Bennett was one three small boys, you know, Brian working, trying to, to run a, a business. Oh, there they are. Um, and I was busy mothering, busy. <laughs> although I was like looking back and realizing I was so sad. I was so sad because something was missing. Um, a piece of my heart had been, had been ripped out when I lost Emma. Um, but just got watching God restore that. And, uh, I remember thinking, this is my life. This is, my life. This is so sad. I'm so sad. How did I get here? Um, so to do, to be able to do what I do now and starting Emma's Footprints and, and we, we get to come alongside families that have a pregnancy or infant loss. Um, we pay for the funerals, counseling, headstones, and it's just such an honor to, to be welcomed into that, um, just such that dark place, uh, when you go through that loss. Um, and I wish I had had that, although I think that that was part of my preparing, God preparing me for, for what I do. Um, and then just that's part of my story. Um, 
So now I have a 13, nine and seven year old and what I love and is so cool, my boys, they love to talk about their sister. Um, they love to talk about Emma. They, they paint their pinkies pink. She turns 12 this month. So that's, that's a big milestone. Um, and I think that's just such a gift um, because a lot of us grieve in silence and we're alone. Um, and, and they love to talk about their sister. And, and I think just opening up that conversation will um, allow us, uh, allows me to mother better and uh, to be a better wife. And um, yeah, we have a really hard job raising boys. <laughs> well, let me ask you something along those lines because fathers and their daughters, mothers and their sons. Mm -hmm. And with you having three boys, I know you talked a bit about the grief of your loss and now you're surrounded by you know, the love of a husband and three sons. Do the boys make the journey a little easier? Because I know the boys tend to dote on their mothers a little more. Do they make the journey a little easier? Uh, so they all love Brian better. <laughs> <laughs> she they blew will, my theory yes, up. Yeah, blew that right up. Um, they tell me frequently. Uh, we, you know, dad was our first word, so we love dad. Oh. Like, I get it. Okay. Oh, I'm burn. Just gonna, yeah. That's terrible. I'm like, I got this. Um, You're going against the grain. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Maybe it's my freckles that give me tough skin or something. But uh, I'm like, you'll come back to me. But they do in those moments. You know, they look to me. Um, I mean, Brian has the, the excavator and the skid steer, and he plays in all concrete. Cool you know, all the cool toys. I don't. I, you know, I go to work and wear pink and, and you know, walk beside grieving moms. Mm -hmm. um, but they, it's, you know, uh, having Caleb and Bennett after Emma, they didn't replace her. Um, mm -hmm. And But it's, it's just so cool to see each one of their personalities. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know. And then I wonder, you know, what would Emma look like? And mm -hmm. would she have freckles like me or blonde hair? Would she be a tomboy like I was? Um, and I, you know, it's important to have those moments. But so let's let's go back to legacy, because obviously you all carry a legacy when it comes to motherhood um, in a community. Since you two carry legacies that have been established that you're building on, you two are establishing a community legacy that your children or their children that somebody will build upon. Christine, we'll start with you. I know we talked a bit about that Rush name and just what it's meant to community and what it's meant to your family. Uh, the things about that legacy, what are your learnings that you bring into motherhood now and even community now from being a part of that? I think the thing that sticks out in my mind about what I learned from my legacy, watching my grandmother, my great-grandmother, my mother, and my aunts, is just the tenacity of it. I mean, as women, we seem to, I mean, no harm, men seem to get all the attention. You know, they have the higher paying wages, expect, their expectations are different than ours. Um, we have to fit in some sort of mold normally. But it's, it's the tenacity and, and the grace in the tenacity of doing it. Um, our jobs are often overlooked. You know, I'm, I'm looking at these four women, and I'm so glad that you brought us together because each one of us in our own way has had a but God moment. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, but God, I survived some bad decisions, and, and it turned out well for me. Mm -hmm. You know, but God, she walked into some woman's life and changed this woman's life. And when you change the life of a woman, you change the life of the entire family. Amen. Mm -hmm. yes. You know, the whole family gets elevated at that point. Mm -hmm. So I think... Tenacity and, and just grace. Mm -hmm. I mean, the grace and mercy that has, you know, covered her and covered her and covered her and covered me is mm -hmm. outstanding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I was lucky enough to watch 
that grow. My grandmother came up in an era where you weren't allowed to go to school. I had an uncle who couldn't read because he was too dark to go to school. Mm -hmm. So they didn't invest in him. And this is down south. They migrated north and made things happen. Mm -hmm. You know, my grandmother was a teacher at OIC. We need OIC today. You know, so um, those types of things. My grandfather very often put in 90 to 100 hours of work just to make sure that there was a roof over not only his family's head, but other families that were migrating up from Mississippi. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was not uncommon to have people living in our houses that were not necessarily related to us, but connected to us. Mm -hmm. My grandmother would set sandwiches on the back porch as people, because we, we lived on, you know, the Lower East Side, Third Street, and before all this, you know, sprawl happened. Mm -hmm. That was the heart of the area. But my grandmother would make sandwiches and set them on the back porch. So as people walked through to get jobs at Hammer Mill or wherever, if they were hungry, they'd just get a sandwich. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I grew up across the street from the ashes. I don't know if anybody even really remembers them, but that was Sid Booker's family, the people that raised Sid Booker. Mm -hmm. And just that that thing that they did, that, that service that they provided, that love that they gave, that mercy and that grace, that non-judgment mm -hmm. is outstanding. I'm going to swing it back over to Angela real quick before I come back to Amanda. We're talking about legacy building or building on a legacy. I touched on it already, and you actually touched on it a bit also. You know, I unpacked just how much your grandmother meant to society. Is that, Does that feel like pressure at times? Um, it's funny. It, I, I can say maybe before, um, but now that I'm kind of walking out those steps, I see how, you know, it could be possible. And that's one of the biggest things when, you know, you're talking about being a mom. Um, when I got married, I, you know, told my husband, I really need to be careful to not, um, to, to meld, you know, like my mom and my grandmother. My mom was very much a stay-at-home mom, very mild-mannered, um, just complete opposite of myself and my grandmother. So, but I see how God had that be necessary in molding me. Um, my grandmother is very much a go-getter, even she's been bedridden for the past two, three years, and just as much as she's able, until she couldn't anymore, she would be making calls, raising money from her bed for people in Africa, you know, and it's just, it's nonstop for her. Um, and that's how my mind is. And so, and my husband says before, you know, I would not want to be in your mind because it's just always going. And that I would say is the hardest, um, pressure is knowing there are so many pieces of um of what they did and what she did that it is it is hard to figure out okay how do I say no to this because I need to make sure I'm giving what I need to at home right. and how's that going to get done if I don't and so there there was a lot of pressure at one point but now I can see that you know just trusting one step at a time one day at a time trusting that God will direct my steps then it's much more able to be done. I want to bring that balance. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I just want to add to that, that legacy can be crippling, but it's only crippling when you're not living in who you're expected to be. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that pressure yeah. that I think you and that connected you and I, because we've known each other, mm -hmm. you know, growing up since teenagers, yeah. Yeah. Um, that pressure that we were feeling was when we were outside right. of what we were supposed to be doing. That's it. And, and I think everybody gets That's outside deep. the yeah. box. That's yeah. deep. That's exactly but right. But that yep. legacy is what pulls you back into it mm -hmm. because you, you, I know some of the stuff I was doing I wasn't supposed to be doing. <laughs> and some of the places I was at I wasn't supposed to be doing. And that's when I felt it was crippling. That's yep. when you hide. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. That's when you hide. That's it. That's it. And from the outside saying, I don't, I don't ever want that life. Why would I want to have to beg people for money to help somebody Absolutely. else? You know, mm-hmm. that's the worst feeling from the outside. But once you step in, mm-hmm. you're right. It's a more of a compelling. You feel compelled. Yep. And no longer is it the pressure like I have to do this or mm-hmm. how am I going to do it? I saw my grandmother literally when the school was going through bankruptcy. I mean, that was just, it was really a bad time, mm-hmm. but she just stepped right in and said, God will provide. We are going to make it. Yep. We will do what we have to do. And one step at a time, now the school is, we're in the process of renovating. So it's just an amazing process when you just follow along with God. So I would say the legacy, it's amazing. And I'm so thankful that I had those examples because it comes out of nowhere. It when does. you are in that tough time, you say, I'm going to make it. You don't know how, you know, but I can say now I'm definitely stronger in my faith for having gone through hard times. But now on the other side, I can see it totally was the, the, the mm-hmm. upbringing. I need two hours for this show. That was an excellent point. We need to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Amanda, going back to you and Tracy, so in, in a community sense, on top of you are the builders of a new legacy because this Erie City Moms thing, so you're you're looking at what other mothers are going through mm-hmm. and rather than from the sidelines saying, wow, that, that hurts my heart, you mm. actively go after that. What does that look like? Especially when you throw in mothering your own family and being a oh. wife to your own husband. Right, right. It is, it's a really tricky balance. I, you know, just listening to Angie, just the first thing that I thought about as she was talking was, you know, saying yes to Jesus mm-hmm means, man, you've got to say no to a lot of other stuff. And so, you know, prioritizing and balancing. And and somebody said to me recently that I'm very good at keeping a lot of plates spinning and knowing which plate to bring down at which time and how to, you know, and, and that is... That is exactly how God has pieced me together. And not everybody is pieced together yeah. like that. I mean, Joel is definitely, that's my husband. He is definitely much slower thinker, a much slower processor. And, you know, since we brought God all up into this thing. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, it is. It is church. Now. Welcome. Yeah, spiritual values are permeating this entire conversation. You know, that is his gift to me in our marriage. Um, you know, my, my mother was a, was a woman who worked outside of the home and she was externally focused, but my mother-in-law was a stay-at-home mother from start to finish to the point that when I went back to work, she would not babysit my children because she did not agree with my decision. And so Look at the the balance. Her, I mean, me having to work that out. I mean, that was God's plan there, and I needed to work that out within my in, within myself. And that's also how my husband was raised. And so then we had to work that out inside of our marriage. And so that balance, that tug and that pull. I mean, that's a legacy in and of itself because then I have to pass that on to my kids, and my new understanding of what a woman working outside of the home and investing in the community now looks like. And how do we pass those new values? values and that new legacy down to our kids, our three girls who now have to make decisions about what they do, what occupations they choose, what they go to school for, how they're going to work that out, how they're going to raise their kids, and a son, who's, what expectations he's going to have of his wife. Man, those are that's big stuff, right? And so now as we play that out with Erie City Moms, the, I mean, I never, we never started Lois and I never started Erie City Moms I never started a friendship with Lois expecting that that's what God was going to do 
with that friendship, with friendship. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, I just saw a mom whose, her house had burnt down. She was a single mom with six kids. And I showed up at the corner of 8th and Ash with some things we had collected. She went to Jefferson School. Her kids went to Jefferson School with my kids. And so we showed up at her house and I said, hey, we've got some stuff to help you out. And man, I see a woman who's in need and God pulled on my heartstrings. And so she and I got to be friends. And so then we walked that journey alongside each other the way any friend would, but it was one of the toughest seasons of her life. And she was in and out of shelter from there. But if you ask Lois, she will say to you, She's never been a single mom in her entire life because she's always been able to find support. And now she's in a steady home. She's in a relationship. She's got a job. She's, you know, she's got support for her kids that she's, man, she's a fighter, mm -hmm. right? Because she's taken advantage of the relationships and the support and the resources that she's been able to find in, in community through Erie, Erie City Moms and through... Um, other organizations that she's reached out to. So she and I started this organization uh, or support group or, or whatever, you whatever we want to call it at this point. We meet once a month at Wayne Park Church, and now we're also meeting in Edison School and in Piper Burley School. So it's growing. So those moms can start legacies of their own. Mm. Let me let me segue real quick, and then we'll come back. Once again, we need two hours for this one. <laughs> this is great commentary. Tracy, you deal with a lot of dads too. Full disclosure, because yes. dads in these tragedies, the fathers aren't. We aren't missing them on this conversation. We're just focusing on moms because that's the theme. Right. But there's a lot of mothers that are just at their lowest point yes. when you come into their lives. Talk about that a little more. You touched on it, but go a little deeper with that. Um, yeah, so we, we, I love when we... And if you make me start crying, I'm putting <laughs> you off the show. Okay. Because you have no tissue. So what's, what I love about what God is doing is that whether you, you had a loss two days ago or 50 years ago, we're here. Um, I, we had support group, we have, we have support group once a month, and it, it, it's just growing. Um, and last, uh, our support group was open to moms and dads, mostly moms come, but we had a new couple last week, and um, the, the mom, I was just looking at her, and I might start crying because she just looked just staring, and, and it was just like, that's what I looked like. That's what I looked like for like five years, mm -hmm. just walking around like just, you got hit by a truck, you can't even focus, you're drowning, it's foggy. Um, and I, I'm just like, Lord, you, you brought them here. Like their loss was a week before, a 30 week loss, they lost their little guy. And I was like, you're here. And they've already seen our counselor twice. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, reaching back out to us and having coffee. Um, I'm just so thankful that and it's so weird because I'm like, I'm Emma's mom. And yes, I started Emma's Footprints, but it's not about me. Mm -hmm. um, it's about every mom and every lost story. Um, so it's weird to say like, I did this, because yeah. <laughs> that's weird for me to say. But God, I mean, God did this. But just we get this community has this resource. It's like, it's like we turned a light on. You know when you turn a light on and like bugs just are attracted to it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like we turned a light on in this community and just people hunt us down. Um, you're feeling a need. We're, uh, it's, yeah. It is 
it's huge. Um, and you know, like it, it, whether it's been 50 years or one week, uh, I can I can talk to a mom. Uh, it's like they find me and they and they ask what I do and I tell them and immediately I can tell the tears and I can, they tell me their story and I'm like you haven't walked through grief. Mm. Um, they're stuck in the wilderness and that's where I don't know why God chose me to to get out of the wilderness and make it to the other side, but He did. And just there's so many people stuck in that wilderness, mm. in that sadness, because sadness is different than grieving. Grieving is an active process, mm. and if nobody helps you through that you're just stuck and you just stay there. So I'm gonna bring the commentary of some of our moms online. We asked the average person, the average woman out there, what advice would you give to new moms? And I'll read a couple and then I'll throw a couple out there and we'll see what resonates with you. Our first one is from Pammy Sparks. And she says, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned as a mom over the years is that mom and dad are two of the largest influences <laughs> over the person that your child becomes once they are grown. If you want them to be positive, productive, and responsible, then you need to be that person too. My advice to a new mother would be to love that child when he, she wants held, do it. You cannot spoil a child by providing too much love. Be present in their lives and remember to unplug from the devices while they are growing up. Life goes by too quickly. Thank you, Pammy Sparks. The next commentary is from Kelly Heberly, Kelly Pearson Heberly. Uh, Kelly comes in with the lighter side of motherhood, but she makes <laughs> valid points. They'll potty train when they're good and ready. Don't sweat it. Yep. Don't buy the big expensive school picture package. The little two by three <laughs> go to waste. She's right. Very practical. Go ahead, put the Band-Aid on it. It makes everything better, even when it's not really needed. Very good points. Mm -hmm. Wise words. Kelly. Yes. <laughs> and so I've got a, screen, a, a picture up here from a couple small takes from different women. Susan Irwin, uh, Phyllis Love Slaughter, Amber... Ooh, Jerwicki, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, Michelle Connors, Jacola. Is there one of these comments in particular that resonates, and if so, why? I saw one here. I'll jump in quickly. And I'm not sure if I'm going to say the Quinn, name. Yes. I'm going to help you. You know her? Yes, I do. Oh, okay. Ah, Quinn, that's on the next screen. If we can pull the next screen. Oh, oh, no, sorry. No, 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 I'm jumping ahead. Go. Okay, well, Quinn, I really uh, can appreciate and I think that's one of the things that I've been just trying to wrestle with as a mom. Um, once again, putting work and things aside, but where it says don't go for a big meaningful moments, go for the little everyday moments, the ones where your daughter makes you an impromptu card with, a, with you both in a heart under a rainbow. And I would say that's one of the things that I've been most um, thankful for in the last couple of years, that I've been able to kind of make that shift from almost crisis of like, I've got to get into daycare and I've got to do this and I've got to a place where I say, you know what, I'm going to make it work will be fine. We're going to put that in the box. But when it's time to be at home, trying to be more present there, because you don't get those little cards if you're not being present. And one of the things that hit me a few years ago was you reap what you sow. Like that whole, if you're not sowing into them, the little cuddly moments or let's sit and talk or let's have, you know, I'm trying every night to have a little bit of time where I'm helping sow Bible time, you know, verses and just meaningful conversation. If you can't sow a little meaningful conversation at night because it's time for bed, get in bed, let's go. You know, and it's almost like a drill sergeant so you can go finish up some more work then guess what? When they're old, they, you won't get those cards. Mm -hmm. You'll get just very um, rigid relationship. Hey, mom, how you doing? You know, and that's not what you want. And so you almost have to remember when they're young, you have to sow those things so that you can get it later. And not that you're doing it for that reason, 
But these are things that will naturally occur from their heart as you're sewing that in. So she's referring to the slide with, with Quinn Awe, Kathy Gall Gallagher Lutz, and Danielle Godfrey. So between the two pages, mm -hmm. we'll go with this a couple more times. Is there something on either one of those that resonates with you ladies? I, the one from Phyllis Love Slaughter. Okay. It says, you're doing a good job even when you feel lost, overwhelmed, exhausted, and frustrated. Grace for your kids, for yourself, for other mothers, the list goes on. Mm -hmm. um, that really sticks with me because I think as mothers, or even as people, because society kind of makes us feel inadequate all the time, mm -hmm. you know, with media and whatnot, um, that really seeks in with me because there were periods of time in my parenting where I was like, I'm not doing this right. I'm messing this up. Somebody else should just come in here and take this over. You know, this is going to end badly. Um, not too many years ago, my son, Wesley, he is 29 now. He posted something on Instagram saying that he was proud of me. You know, my mom made great sacrifices throughout my childhood. I didn't realize it then. Now I'm seeing you know, what she did, and I'm still happy that she can accomplish some of the things that she wants to accomplish, because in the course of that, uh, he and I graduated together, actually college. Mm -hmm. We walked the stage, the same stage, same day. Uh, I was sitting one night, and I was like, you're going to college, you know, do your homework, blah, 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 fussing, carrying on, and he was like, your life turned out pretty good. You didn't go to college. I'll be fine, and it hit me that these little people are really, really watching me, mm -hmm. So the next morning, I called Edinburgh University. I talked to the bosses, and they were like, hey, yeah, do this. You know, we'll, we got your back. Do this. And between Pat Harkins and Flo Fabrizio, I was allowed to finish school. I had to, you know, work my hours out and everything. But they walked me through school so that my son and myself, we graduated mm. together. But, you know, I say all this to say there were lots of times where I felt not worthy and not able and you just keep going mm -hmm. and and grace helps you keep going but these little people are literally watching <laughs> i have five grandchildren now i can't say that mm -hmm. i just thought of something one of the granddaughters said um okay never mind that's for a whole nother show <laughs> I got you. okay so amanda and tracy anything on either one of these lists that resonates with you and if so what well i i want to just circle back with what what chris said because that that same one from phyllis you know one of the things that we hear over and over and over again with our moms at area city moms is that they are isolated they are lonely they are depressed, they are anxious, mm -hmm. right? And, and it is this, right? It's because they, they don't have community, mm -hmm. right? And they, they feel like they're not doing enough, they're not doing a good job, they're too tired, they're not taking good care of themselves, right? Because of all of this, all of the pressure, all of the exhaustion, mm -hmm. right? And that's one of the reasons why, why we're able to do what we do. I mean, they come in that room and, and they just, they're able to shake off some of the, um, some of that emotion because when we're when we're not taking good care of ourselves as moms and we're not just and maybe that just looks like taking a walk around the block or it looks like getting a nap when the baby's sleeping that which that is on here it yes. sure did and self-care was a big part of that usa today article that i yes, quoted earlier on absolutely it's so important and we sweep that under the rug a lot but you know getting a short workout in taking a bath getting a shower 
a shower is completely underrated, right? <laughs> right? It is. You know, we need to take care of ourselves and take that mom time, that girl time, that alone time that we need so that we can then pour back into those humans who are watching and who need us to be at our best so that we aren't... Uh, depressed, anxious, so that we can give, we can pour back into them and meet their their needs and do that one-on-one -on -one time that Angie talked about uh, and not just carry over the anger from the one time I got to yell at kid number one and now I'm mad at all the other ones because they're not falling into line either. And right? Tracy, any, any of these quotes stand out for you? Um, well, I'm going to say all of them. <laughs> and and I, and I think we're too hard on ourselves. Um, and I think if we, I'm constantly learning, each of our children are so different and they need different things. And it's, you know, if you just, like God, I always pray, help me parent Jackson, you know, and it's gonna be different than Caleb and it's gonna be different than Bennett. And what do they need and, and help me give that to them. Um, and it's never too late to start. So after we lost Emma, I did not know how to be a mom to Jackson and there was a lot of chaos in our home, and uh, it was it was not good. But it was it was never too late. I could have said, "Oh, well, this is just you know he's a bad kid, and I don't know how to do this." And um, you know, and all of this parenting advice is hard when you're sad. You know, mm -hmm. if there's that hole, you know, it's like, "Oh yeah, I'm sad because I lost Emma." I should read, you know, to my child. Well, yes, but but also it's that, that taking care of ourselves and and really. Um, understanding why aren't we doing this? Is it because we're we're choosing work over our children, or choosing you know something else over our children, or do we have something that we need to fix with inside of ourselves? To I want to I want to tie three points together um, from some of the commentary that I received, and I'll read a part of two comments. The first from Amy Sellers Isert. There's a part of hers where she says, "Don't rescue them." Let them struggle and figure things out on their own. That is how they learn to problem solve and grow in their resilience. We don't have the snapshot of these. For the producers, I didn't let you know. I apologize. Um, that's how they, they learn to problem solve and grow in their resilience. Let them, I love this one, let them be bored. Mm -hmm. That promotes creativity as well as problem solving. And so that's a part of her quote that I appreciated. Lori Bland comments on our page as well. Uh, she gives two comments, but the second one I thought was exceptionally valuable. She said, my son got in trouble with the law as a young teen. My first reaction was to hug him, tell him how much I loved him, and how disappointed I was in his actions. I then held him accountable for paying the fine and making it right. He's now in his 30s and has never broken the law since. And I say all that to say, I go back to Susan Irwin's comment. Her second one is, the right decision is always the hardest decision. Mm -hmm. Angela, you talked about disciplining your boys when your husband's out of town. Mm -hmm. And for a second, you almost alluded to, uh, you almost don't want to be that person. Right. Talk about the hard decisions of motherhood. Well, mm -hmm. I think that that right there, it doesn't feel good. I'm sure all of us, you know, at some point have felt that feeling of having 
to follow through with the consequence. You know, of course, they're assuring you this, oh, mom, it was a misunderstanding. But, you know, I had to really equate that, you know, at a job in your future, you're not going to be, even if it is a misunderstanding, oh, you didn't know you were supposed to turn up at this time, Mm -hmm. you're still going to get fired, you know. So Mm -hmm. I can't keep saying, okay, well, let's try it again next time. So it's just Mm -hmm. one of those things that it's really, you don't have a manual. I mean, I think one of you said that. You don't get the manual. So you really just have to go with, like you said, parenting, each child you have to know you know just really listening to that inner voice to say all right I feel this is what I'm supposed to do and I'm just going to stand by it and like if I get it wrong I mean at least I try so I I, the funny thing is we were talking yesterday and I said and he was letting me know that you know he just felt like I didn't care and you know and it really was hard for me to take that in but yesterday he was able to say you know what you were right you know so he they are able to come back and that's a good feeling and i just have to remember that when i'm going through the hard times of mothering that eventually they they see it It might not be for another five ten years you know like you said with your son hey you guys graduated together so he got to see you go through it and that was a hard decision yeah i'm sure that was hard because to hear him say well you you're fine you know like what why do i have to do my work Mm. i'm sure that was kind of a whoa you know especially if in your heart you were feeling like i should go back too so i'm sure sometimes we just get those little pushes um and i just have to learn that it's going to be okay and on the other side of the hard lesson it's it's going to be okay i'll let somebody else attack this or or, or tackle this combination can I add on to hers first you can add on to that one <laughs> yeah, add on. and it's only because she's in in the phase that i i've gone through so to mm-hmm. speak right now i'm parenting if you will adult children my children are 35 to 26 and three of them are parents they have their own children so with that being said, you know, I looked at this and it said, don't rescue them. As a grandparent now, because I'm, I'm stepping into another role, uh, as a grandparent now, I'm watching my daughters raise their kids and the don't rescue them part, you know, because the easy thing to do is, okay, well, I'm going to call mom, see if mom can babysit, so on and so on. And I had to explain this to Greg. I'm going to say no most of the time. You know, if it's not work and it's not school, then it's not me. So, you know, they have, they're walking through their own motherhood struggles and trying to figure out and networking with other moms because I've been telling my daughters, network with moms who have children your age. Mm-hmm. Work and share, learn to share, learn to work with each other mm-hmm. because that, on, that builds their community. I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be gone. They're going to have to have a community because their community can't just be me. That was in the USA Today article as well. It cannot be. So, you know, as I'm parenting, and I hate to say parenting adult children because they they are, my children are wonderful children. I'm very proud of them. But I'm still in that role of still teaching them as they teach new people. Mm -hmm. And being involved, but working my way to the fringes of being involved. Mm -hmm. So, Crystal Leepak and Megan Duda both make points that I think are very valuable. Crystal says, expect the unexpected. And Megan says, never say, my kid will never do that. Because they always will. (laughs) Amanda, Tracy, you want to take that on or you want to add something to something that you've heard as we head toward the finish line here? I literally just said to Kaylee yesterday, I don't know why I am surprised by this. Yes. Yes. Why does this surprise me? I think one of the things I just was thinking is that with with all of our kids, especially with the big girls, the learning curve is straight up. And I say this to them. I mean, we didn't adopt them until they were 12 and 13. And so they they spent a large portion of the life that at least that we've known them up until now being parent 
living with someone else. Mm -hmm. And so now they are being parented and now we are preparing them for the next season of their lives, really. I mean, Mackenzie just went to her first college fair last night. And so, I mean, this is the big time, right? This is the big time. And so I say there is no... There, we are out of time, and I don't want to put the pressure on them, but the pressure is on. And everything that you need to learn about the next season of your life is happening right now. Um, and so the chance for them to make the usual screw-up decisions that, unfortunately, teenagers make, they don't really have the opportunity to do that because they still got to learn how to brush their teeth right sometimes or put their socks on the right feet sometimes. And... Um, you know, and, and it's really, I mean, they brush their teeth. I don't want to, you know, that's that was a bad analogy, but uh, they're going to kill me now. I'm dead. I'm dead. They're watching. I know they are. Big trouble. Anyway, I, I, it just is, it is really, it is really hard with the big girls. I mean, but they are, they are doing incredible work, but it is hard. It is hard for them in this season because the time is short. It is short for all of us. Um, with all of our kids, uh, you know, uh, Grace Church, where, where some of us go, I mean, they do the numbers. I mean, they run the numbers on it. They count it down by days, mm. you know, count it down by hours of what we've got. It is short. So I'm going to bring this over to Tracy. We've talked a lot about, as you read some of the comments, listen to the commentary, read the article. And that was just one of many articles that I read, but I just felt like that was spot on. You hear a lot about self-care. Mm-hmm. was touched on today. You heard a lot about mom shaming. I didn't realize the mom shaming oh. thing was such mm-hmm. a thing. It's a thing. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. how hard some mothers are on other mothers mm-hmm. over their decisions. You touched on that a little bit mm-hmm. with the, the in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, leave us with something, Trace. I know there's a lot. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> a lot of pressure. But we're, on, we're, on, we're at the, uh, the closing part of this show. Leave us with something on all that we've heard and all that you've lived up to now. Um, motherhood is a gift and each of our children, um, whether they're here with us and we get to parent them or whether they're up in heaven with Jesus, they're, they, there's a plan for them, um, and to enjoy every day, you know, we're human too. And I think for our kids to see that we're human and we make mistakes too, um, will help serve them in their life and our time is short with them. So love them, hug them, kiss them, discipline them, um, appreciate them. You know, I don't get to parent Emma here, and but I get three handsome boys that I get to be in charge of. Um, and it's motherhood is, it is, we are warriors, ladies, and mm-hmm. we need to be kind to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and husbands, you're a big part of that too. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a village. Kathy Gallagher Lutz, one of the things she also said in her commentary was to read to them often, and that came out a lot. And I just want to throw that in there because in in my household, that's a big one for my wife. Reading to the children is a must, and I've watched just how much that impacts the lives of our children and what it's meant in our household. So I just wanted to thank her for that particular comment. I want to thank Christine Rush for coming on the show. Amanda Burlingham for coming on the show. Thank you. Angela Kennedy Collins for coming on the show. And Tracy Daly, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been, you know, I wasn't joking when I said I needed two hours for this (laughs) show. We definitely have to circle back at some point. I want to thank you, the sponsors of Next and uh, our forthcoming podcast perspective, for your contribution, Infinity Resources, the Erie County DA's office, our Benjamin Wiley Community Charter School. Thank you so much for watching 
and listening to Next on WQL. And join us next month as we explore another timely topic with local guests. For radio, you can tune in to 91.3 FM on the fourth Sunday of the month at 4 p.m. Uh, for next, we will see you all next time. Thank you.